Okay, guys, welcome to another Jesus Rant. Pastor Tom Carter, Word Without Walls Ministry. This is Season 2, Episode 7, Graceland, Part 5. We're continuing to look at the country where grace is sovereign, the kingdom, the promised land, the land that flows with milk and honey, our inheritance from the Lord, not a destination that we're hoping to get to someday, but a present reality in the person of Jesus. The kingdom is the realm where the king rules and reigns. Jesus is the king of kings. He rules and reigns in and through and as us. He's the king of kings and we are the kings of the kingdom. We not only live in the kingdom, but we are the kingdom. And I want to continue this week with our look at Romans chapter 14, verse 17, where we're talking about I guess you could say the three main aspects or the three main pillars of the kingdom, uh, which of course is righteousness, peace, and joy. And in the King James Version, Romans fourteen seventeen reads, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. And I think it's important, once again, that when, when we look at this verse, we see that it's not something external that you bring into you. It's not meat and drink. It's not something that you have to consume in order to have. And, you know, before uh, the book of Romans was written, when Jesus had his earthwalk ministry, he did speak quite a bit about, you know, eating and, and drinking. He said, you know, this meat is my body, have eat of it. This wine is my blood, have drink of it. And I think the difference here is that Romans was written after the finished work of the cross. So no longer do we have any need of anything. We used to say in my old church that I have no lack because my God has no lack, right? He has given us everything that we need. When we're seeking first the kingdom and his righteousness and knowing that all these other things will be added unto us, we're not seeking to get something we don't have or to find something that we don't have. We're seeking in the sense of exploring, in the sense of really seeing what the kingdom has to offer to us, what is available in the kingdom, to see what we have been given. And a big part of my ministry, uh, and especially a big part of the, the podcast today, is the idea that you can't give what you don't have, and you can only give what you do have. And that's why the divine order of things, receiving and releasing, is so important. That's why an idea like we love because God first loved us is so important. He loved us and he gave us that love. And because he loved us and because he gave us that love, we can then fill ourselves to overflowing with what he has already filled us with. And we can let that love that he put inside of us come out of us. And in the same way, when we're talking about peace today, we're talking about really creating something from what God has already given to us. Like, in the same way that you can't give what you don't have and you can only give what you do have, you can't create something out of nothing. In order for us to be peacemakers, which we're going to look at quite a bit today, we have to understand that the peace that we're making comes from the God of peace. So 
let's, oh, uh, and before we get on to our next verse, um, I think it's important that we hit the beginning of uh, Romans 14, 17, where it talks about the kingdom of God not being meat and drink. But I also think it's important that we hit upon the, the end of it, where it talks about where the Holy Spirit is found. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And the reason that that's important is because, again, if you're seeking the kingdom from a position of trying to get something you don't have, then you're missing out on what you do have. If you're always trying to get something, then you're not enjoying what you've already been given. The The kingdom is in the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost lives in us. We are the temple of the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit, or as we're going to see in a little bit, the comforter, Jesus called it. Jesus called his own spirit the comforter. And I think, I can't think of anything more comforting a lot of times than peace, peace of mind, peace of spirit, when your heart and mind is clear. And a lot of times at the end of the day, that's what I'll ask my son, just to make sure, you know, we're on the same wavelength, or we're on the same level of when we're saying goodnight or whatever. I'm like, is your heart and mind clear, buddy? And if it's not, then I'll try to figure out what's going on so I can get him to a good place so he can have a good night's sleep because sleep is important and if if your sleep's not peaceful your your waking probably won't be either but i digress my point is we need to know where the kingdom is as well as what the kingdom is and it's it's found in the holy ghost which is found in us so it's not external it's not something external that we need to internalize. It's something internal that we need to externalize. It's something that we've already been filled with that we can then fill ourselves to overflowing with so that we can let what's already inside of us come out of us. And when we focus on what we have instead of focusing on what we don't have, that's when what we have comes out of us naturally. You don't have to force yourself to love people when you understand the way that you are loved by God. The new commandment for the new man, which Jesus laid out when he said, uh, you know, love one another as I have loved you. To me, what he was saying was, all you have to do is know how much I love you, and that will equip and empower you to love me back by loving each other. And that's what this life is all about. It's simply about receiving and releasing the love of God. It's about letting God love you and loving him back by loving the people that you come into contact with. And three of the best ways to do that are to understand the kingdom, righteousness, peace, and joy. So when we're looking at peace, I want to look at Philippians chapter 4, and I want to read verses 6 through 9. And in the New Living Translation, it reads, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. We seem to think that the only way to have peace is to get rid of anything else when 
that's not really realistic. The world is the world. Life is life. And I've long said that the hardest part of life is just living, just showing up every single day, taking care of your responsibilities, taking care of your duties, doing the things that you have to do, and finding a balance between those responsibilities and being able to rest, being able to do the things that actually feed your soul, the things that you know make this life worth living. It's a delicate, tricky balance. But if you're always fighting battles, you're never going to find any peace. The way that we find peace is by not worrying about things and instead praying about them. Trusting God, that knowing that he has your back, knowing that he knows the thoughts he thinks towards you and their thoughts of goodness and peace, not evil, an expected end. God knows where he wants you to get to and he knows the best way for you to get there. So the more we put our lives in his hands, quite frankly, the easier our lives will be. But we make our lives so often harder than they need to be by trying to go our own way. The Bible says in another place that there's a way that seems right to a man, but the ends thereof are death. So we can go any way we want to go. We do have that measure of free will that I talk about so often. But just because we can do something doesn't mean we should do it. There's a more excellent way and his name is Jesus. There's thanking him for all he has done. Praying without ceasing to me, which is my favorite verse in the Bible, pray without ceasing. To me, that means simply having an attitude of gratitude, simply including God in everything in your life, the good, the bad, and the ugly. When something good happens, praise him for it. When something bad happens, trust him that all things work together for good for those who trust in the Lord. So, even in the midst of the storm, we know that Jesus can calm the waves. And when I say Jesus can calm the waves, I mean that we can calm the waves because Jesus lives in us and through us and as us. Jesus said uh, in, in his Earthwalk ministry that he said, all of these works that I've done, you will do, and greater works than these. He was all about taking all of the divinity that was in his one single human body and then putting it in all of our human bodies, which again, we're going to look at here, here in a little bit. But my point is, is that when we need something, he should be first choice, not last chance. We should go to God immediately. We should, uh, uh, I can't remember exactly what it says, but something along the lines of, um, you know, Make, giving your ways unto the Lord or, or giving your plans unto the Lord so he can make your ways for you. If God knows what you want and what and when you know that what you want is what God has put in your heart, God will make a way where there is no way. You don't have to do it yourself. You don't have to struggle through. You, you can simply rest in the arms of your Heavenly Father and you can watch while he makes things happen for you, in you, through you, as you. We don't have to do it ourselves. And to me, that gives me a lot of peace because I can't do it myself. But it's okay. God doesn't want me to do it myself. God wants me to let him do it. So it says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. It's an attitude of gratitude. It's knowing that we're on this journey, but knowing that He's on this journey with us. He's right here with us. He's always provided for us. And I don't feel like he would stop all of a sudden for no apparent reason. I always tell my son again, 
uh, I tell him, buddy, you've survived every single bad, horrible day you've ever had. You're still here. You're still going. We got this. We can do this together. I don't expect you to do it yourself. No man is an island. The Bible says in another place, it's not good that man should be alone. The more we isolate ourselves and try to do things by ourselves, I think the worse things get. But when we have that attitude of gratitude and we're so happy that God is involved in our lives and we're so thankful for the things that he's done in our lives, that's when he has room and opportunity to continue to do those things. And I'm not saying you have to trick God into doing things for you by, you know, buttering him up. I'm simply saying when you acknowledge his presence in your life, you will feel more of his presence in your life. It's like a snowball that uh, gains size as it rolls downhill. The more you acknowledge God in your life, the more you will see and feel and experience him in your life. The more grateful and thankful you are to him, the more you will see and hear and experience his blessings. He's not holding them back, but in a sense, you're holding yourself back from experiencing them. And now I want to go down. Uh, I really love uh, verse 7 here where it says, Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. This is not a thing that makes sense. This is not a thing that we can figure out. This is not a thing where if I put this in this place and this in this place, then I will be able to have peace. This is a peace that passes understanding. This is a peace that guards our hearts and minds as we live in Christ Jesus. This is a peace where things can happen that should rock us, that should knock us off that foundation that we built. The thing, again, life, life happens. Things don't always go the way you want it to go. But when you understand this peace that exceeds anything we can understand, when you feel this peace in your heart, when you know that your Heavenly Father has got your back no matter what, then you can have this peace no matter what's happening. You can, you can let Him guard your heart and mind as you live in Him. You don't have to get fired up about things. You don't have to make things go the way that you think they should go. You can let them go the way that they go, and you can be peaceful no matter what. You can rise above things in a very real sense. Hebrews talks about laying aside the sin and the, so, and the weight that so easily besets us. But so often, we don't do that. We let things trip us up. We let things drag us down. When really, we can rise above them, and we can stop worrying about them, and we can have peace. We can just let things be what they are, and we don't have to worry about it. We don't have to struggle to make things fit into what our idea of how they should be is. All right, let's move on to, uh, this is really, so I read that so that we can understand that it's a peace that's bigger and greater than we are, and it comes from God. And when we think on those things, the, the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And when we keep putting these things into practice, when listen, what you magnify in your life is what will manifest in your life. So what you focus on is what you will experience. If you wake up in the morning and you say, man, this day's going to suck, it probably will because you're already setting yourself up to feel that way about it. But if you wake up in the morning and you say, I'm going to have a great day today, no matter what happens, you can have that great day. But it doesn't come from you, it comes from God. That's my point so far. So when I read Matthew chapter 5, verse 9, which says, God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. What we have to understand is that you can't give what you don't have, and you can only give what you do have. 
You can't work for peace without coming from a place of peace. I believe the King James says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. And to me, that idea of being called uh, the children of God or the sons of God, it doesn't mean that you have to make peace in order to be a son of God. It means that when you make peace, people will identify you as a son of God. When you make peace in any situation, people will see something different than what they normally see. Because so many times in this world, we we have this an eye for an eye mentality. We have this idea of escalation where, all right, you're going to hit me. I'm going to hit you back twice as hard. We do not, for the most part, have a turn-the-other-cheek mentality. And I think that's the first way to try to make peace, is to step back and to not escalate things. You don't have to retaliate. You don't have to hit back. You can let something happen, and then you can pick a better way, a more excellent way. But, but I always want to say this. Turning the other cheek does not mean that you sit there and let someone keep hitting you. I don't believe that God will ever want you to be in a in a bad place or, or, or in a bad relationship or in a bad position. If somebody's hitting you and hitting you and hitting you, you, you don't have to hit back. You don't have to retaliate, but you can walk away. You can get out of there. You can stop people from abusing you. You can set up healthy boundaries. And one of the biggest things that I've ever learned about healthy boundaries is that if you set a boundary and somebody gets mad about that boundary, all they're doing is proving that you need it. So don't be afraid to say no to people. Don't be afraid to set boundaries. Don't be afraid to say, this is not okay in my life. Again, you're not retaliating. You're not fighting back. You're just saying, if this is not for me, then I got to get out of here. And I think that that's totally cool and acceptable and good and smart and healthy. But what I'm trying to say is, when you add something to the equation that people don't expect, they will see you in a different light. When you work for peace from that place of peace, when you understand God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand, when we start to experience that peace and other people see it, then they probably won't understand it either. But they will identify you as something different. They will identify you as, as a son of God or a child of God. So what we need to do is we need to display that peace, especially in times where it doesn't seem to be the natural reaction. We need to be able to show people something different, something new, something better. So instead of getting caught up in what's going on, instead of escalating, instead of hitting back, turn the other cheek. Don't retaliate. Make peace from the peace that God has made in you. Again, that's the divine order, receiving and releasing. Filling yourself to overflowing with what God has filled you with. Letting what's already inside of you come out of you. That's how we're peacemakers, because we're giving the peace that we've been given. And then James chapter 3, verse 18 says, And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. So it brings it all back around. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. We are the righteousness of God. We have His peace. And we can joy in this more abundant life, which is what it's all about. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. We're not talking about how do I get to heaven someday. We're talking about how do I experience heaven today. And we experience heaven today 
through these three things, through these three pillars of the kingdom of God, of Graceland. And this all ties into grace, which after, you know, next week I'm going to do joy. And then I'm really going to start hitting hard on grace, what grace is, what it means, what it means to uh, to to live in, in the country where grace is sovereign, all these different things, because grace is so powerful and unfortunately so misunderstood. That's why we're doing a big, uh, a big rant series on it. But when we understand that peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness, we also can understand that, as I believe it was Paul who wrote in another place, he said, you know, some plant, some water, but it's God who gets the harvest. Sometimes you can be just as peaceful as you as humanly possible in a situation, and it won't seem like it changed anything. That's okay. Do it anyway. We're not looking for immediately re for immediate results. We're looking to show people who we are. And sometimes it takes people more than one glimpse of God before they really start to understand what they're seeing, before they really start to understand what it means that there is a more excellent way. And his name is Jesus. So if you're totally peaceful in a situation, but that situation is still out of control and ridiculous, don't feel bad about it. Don't give up on it. You did your part. You planted a seed. And that seed will be watered and that seed will grow as God wants it to. We take so much responsibility a lot of times to force things to be the way we think they should be or, or the way that we think God wants them to be. When really all we can do is simply give what he's given us. All we can do is receive and release what he's given us. And that's all he wants us to do. That's all he expects us to do. That's all God has ever wanted from anybody is just simply for us to receive and release what he's given us. Again, the new commandment, love one another as Jesus loves you, which means if he wants you to love a lot, he has to first love you a lot. We get so caught up sometimes in what we're doing or what we're not doing. And we think, oh, am I a good Christian or, or, or what? I don't think there's such a thing as a good Christian. Christian means Christ-like. And I think you either are or you aren't. And I'm not talking about, you know, we're all on this journey of growing in maturity. We're all on this journey of understanding what it means to be Christ-like. But I don't think there's such a thing as a good Christian or a bad Christian. I think it's simply God in us coming out of us. And it comes, he comes out in, in different ways at different times through different people. But if we're focusing on peace and we're endeavoring to be peacemakers, I think we're right where we need to be. So I want to close today with the passage in John chapter 14. I want to read verses 23 through 31. And this, I think, is important because, well, A, because it's the red letters. It's Jesus talking. But B, because I, I really want us to understand that the peace we make comes from the peace that we are given. Okay? As a peacemaker, as a king, as a member of the kingdom, as, as not only a member of the kingdom, but as a part of the kingdom, I want us to understand that it's all about using kingdom resources in order to further the kingdom. It's about are planting seeds of peace so there can be a harvest of righteousness and then finding joy in that harvest. All these things, you know, they, they tie together. But it all comes from who Jesus is and what he did and what he has given to us, who he is in us and through us and as us. 
So in John chapter 14, starting with verse 23, it reads, Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. And that to me is huge because obedience really is a trust issue. If you trust God, if you love God, if you know that he loves you, you won't have any problem obeying him. You'll do what he says because you know that it's the best thing that you can do. It's not something that he needs to scare us into doing. It's not something that he needs to force us into doing. It's simply, I love him, so why wouldn't I do what he says? And I think that's so important, and I know I'm going to rant about that more later on, but I just wanted to hit it here. So it says, Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. My father will love them and we will come and make our home with each of them. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. What I am telling you is from the Father who sent me. I am telling you these things now while I am still with you. But when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is, the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. So again, the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, is the kingdom. And while Jesus was on his earth walk ministry, the kingdom was him. The kingdom was the realm where the king ruled and reigned, which at that time was the one single person, Jesus. But what he was saying was, when the Father sends the Holy Spirit, it will teach you everything and remind you of everything. So again, it was Jesus taking the kingdom out of one person and putting it into all people. And even then he was saying, if you if you get this, if you fight the good fight of faith and you lay hold of eternal life, if if you understand that you are the kingdom, you are the king, again, Jesus being the king of kings, if you understand your authority and your power, then you will be able to do these things that I have done and greater things than these. Jesus never wanted to have to do it all himself in one body because he could only be in one place at one time. What he wanted was to be the corporate body of Christ. He wanted to be in all bodies at all times. And that's what it is now with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives in us. Jesus lives in us. We not only have the kingdom, we not only live in the kingdom, but we are the kingdom. His grace is sufficient for us and it has washed away all of our sins and it has brought us to a place where we can experience this abundant, everlasting, eternal resurrection life of God that is the gift of God, that is a life of love. Through the Holy Spirit, we know that God loves us. Through the Holy Spirit, we can understand the ultimate truth of the universe, that God is love and he loves you. Through the Holy Spirit, we can understand that the Father loveth the Son and has given all things into his hands. We have everything that we need. And that's what it's, he, Jesus goes on in verse 27 and says, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Remember what I told you. I am going away, but I will come back to you again. If you really loved me, you would be happy that I am going to the Father who is greater than I am. I have told you these things before they happen so that when they do happen, you will believe. I don't have much time, I don't have much more time to talk to you because the ruler of this world approaches. He has no power over me, but I will do what the Father requires of me, so that the world will know that I love the Father. Come, let's be going. And he was talking there about, he was getting ready to go to the cross. He was getting ready for uh, what is kind of commonly known as the passion of the Christ. 
the six steps to the throne, being crucified, died, buried, quickened, raised, and seated. He was talking about, you know, when, when after he died and rose again, and then he ascended up to heaven, and the Holy, and the Holy Spirit descended down to earth, and it filled all of us. That's what he was talking about here. That's the gift that he was giving us. We find our peace in the Holy Ghost. We find the kingdom in the Holy Ghost, and we find the Holy Ghost in ourselves. So many times we're looking outward for things. We're worried about meat and drink. We're worried about all, all these all these worldly worries. And so many times over and over the Bible says, and Jesus said so many times, you know, be not afraid. Don't worry about those things. Your father knows you need those things and he's got you covered. You don't need to worry about those things. You just need to trust God. And listen, I'm not saying that doesn't mean that you never have to do anything, right? Paul said, if you don't work, you don't eat. So the way that God provides food for us is by providing jobs for us so that we can work and buy food. So I'm not saying to be a spiritual couch potato and never do anything. I'm saying the things that you do comes from the things that you're given. The peace that you make comes from the peace that God has given us. Jesus said, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And, you know, that's why blessed are the peacemakers, because we take that gift that we've been given and we give it away. We share it. We pay it forward. We give it to those who are around us. We use the gift we've been given. We share the gift we've been given. And in that way, we experience it. The best way to feel peace is to make peace. The best way to feel love is to love somebody. So it's all about giving what we've got. It's all about what's inside of us coming out of us as we fill ourselves to overflowing with what God has already filled us with. So that's what I have for this week. Again, next week we're going to continue this rant series and we're going to talk about the joy that's found in the Holy Ghost, the joy that is the kingdom of God. So look forward to that next week. Thank you for all your support, and we will see you next week. Okay, well, if you enjoyed that, I want to invite you to check out my website, jesusrant.com. You can get my daily rants on there. You can uh, get the my books that are written on there. They're also on Amazon. I have an author's page on Amazon. Um, I've written a lot of books. I'm pretty proud of them. You can order them. I try to keep them cheap because... I don't like to pay a lot of money for books, and I don't think people should have to pay a lot of money for mine. So check that out. Um, if you want to support the podcast itself, you can find it on anchor.fm. If you just search for Jesus Rant, um, you can support it monetarily. You can support it by uh, liking it, sharing it, subscribing to it. And you can, you can support it Excuse me, by word of mouth, by telling people about it. Uh, helping other people listen, find it and listen to it. And uh, thank you once again, as always, for spending your time to listen to it, to uh, to help me to get the word out, which, you know, as we know by now is, is my heart, is just getting this word out, Word Without Walls Ministry. Um, so just thank you for your support. I love you, and there's nothing you can do about it. Amen.